The Denver Broncos are locked in as they're preparing for their week one matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. What was the theme and the vibe overall at Monday's practice? Well, you get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here, Broncos country, welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you subscribe or follow by hitting that button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LockdownNFL for a water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. Monday was a festive day all across Broncos country because the team was on the practice field. Now, while it was Labor Day and most of us were enjoying a day off. The Broncos, they were working. So you know what? That meant that I was working. And so we went to practice to maybe get the vibe. We, it really kind of started our day off on Monday, sir, with Sean Payton in a really kind of short, sweet, to-the-point press conference. Wasn't as chatty on Monday morning as, hey, game week is officially here. The regular season is here. Everything right now is meaningful going forward. That's right, Cody. You know, I know you didn't get any questions. I listened to the audio back, but I think Sean, he didn't really get uh, challenged too much at the Monday morning presser uh, over Zoom, right? It was a little bit of surface level stuff asking about rivalry games. And uh, I think it was he was kind of validated and saying, like, look, let's just get on with this and get up, get back to business. But I, I'm excited to kind of hear that mindset and mentality. There's a time and place to be you know, telling stories of things that happened when he was with the Saints or things that happened when he was with Bill Parcells and different things like that. And then there's a time and place to just be like, look, you know, we got a game this week. We're focused. We're we're really ramping up. And I think that's the vibe that I'm getting. And Sean Payton, he knows there will be a time to celebrate. He's notorious for the post-game locker room, like buying the extra speakers to make sure the visiting locker room can hear and things like that. He knows there's a time and place for all that kind of stuff. But the Broncos are not in a position to really be uh, giving off this certain vibe, I guess, Cody, right? I mean, they kind of need to show a certain level of focus. Like it, it's all business. This is not a, it, it reminds me of remember the Titans, right? He's like, why are you smiling? But you think football is fun. Like the Broncos aren't in position to be up there with their hand in the air, like PD for remember the Titans. They more need that focus from coach Boone. So I like that coach Sean Payton is taking that kind of approach in the way that, you know, just start setting the tone on Monday morning. Well, you talked about the vibe, right? So going out there, our practice has changed a little bit. We don't get to watch the entirety of practice now. We only get to watch stretch and individual period. But then, not, you know, we get open locker room access. And obviously, you're, if you're watching or listening to the show right now, you're going to hear from Broncos linebacker Alex Singleton and Broncos rookie cornerback Riley Moss, who had a chance to catch up with after practice in a, a locker room scrum there. But, you know, the, the vibe was just very focused and very businesslike at practice. You know, it, it's hard to say because you look back last year, Week one, we had no idea what to expect. I think Denver was loose. They were focused, but it just seems like there was just like this different energy in the building from what we were able to see and just the way that they were going up tempo through different drills to start things off from going from a group period 
to team period. And, and I think that right there is there was just urgency in the building. And also when you get in the locker room, you talk to these guys, they're ready. They're excited for this weekend season opener. I think ultimately that's a great sign. And they know it's going to be a tough challenge ahead of them because, hey, look, the Las Vegas Raiders, they've had the Broncos number for the last several years. I think the last time Denver beat them was when Shelby Harris deflected that two-point conversion attempt that Derek Carr had tried to throw. Like That's how long it's been since Denver has beat the Raiders. So while last year doesn't matter and while the prior years don't necessarily matter, Denver knows how important this game is, right? Because it's not necessarily because it's a rivalry. It's because it's a divisional opponent. It's a divisional game. It's a conference game, and you get to start the season off with that. And that could maybe set the tone for me how things can go. Last year, Denver opened up against a non-conference opponent. And obviously, yeah, you know, they lost week one against the Seahawks, but it doesn't necessarily have as much of an impact on you to start the season against a non-conference guy as it does maybe a division rival. And Sean Payton even going to great lengths saying, you know, hey, like rivalries, I view that more at the college level. He says, but we understand how important division games are here. I was curious, what was your takeaway on that when he had to answer that earlier this morning? I kind of like it, Cody. I mean, in, in college football, not everybody's making it to the pinnacle, right? It's typically the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world that are making it to the end. So, like, yes, you get up if you're a Texas or Oklahoma fan, you're getting up for that Red River shootout. Or, you know, it, and, you know there's a lot of trophy games in the Big Ten, things like that. A lot of teams that aren't going to be playing, let's just be honest, for a national championship. I think that's one reason why rivalry games are so much fun in college football. It's kind of like your team's Super Bowl in a way. But in the NFL, it matters so much more for the Broncos perspective or the Raiders, for that matter, to get a win in the AFC West for at the end of the year. This week one game could really be a determining factor. Like that one game could be the difference maker between being the seventh seed or being out of the playoffs. And it's it's not just an AFC West, but an AFC victory for each of these teams. So this really does matter. And I know that there's 17 games. I know it's a long season, but like you mentioned with the NFC opponents, like the Seattle last year in week one, th- does that hurt? Yes. Do you want to get off to a good start and win a game? Absolutely. Does it matter more at the end of the season? If you're separated by a game to, you know, the Raiders and you lost a game head to head. Yes, that matters a lot more. So I think that there's a, there's a lot on the line with these types of games. And yes, there's bragging rights, all those sorts of things among fans on Twitter. But for these guys that are playing, it, it, it's it's not a thing like uh, the rivalry. stuff. And <laughs> Frank Clark, I know I'm sure he got in trouble for this, Cody. But like you said, the, the Broncos haven't beat the Raiders since when? Like, it's not a rivalry if you're not going back and forth and actually, tr- you know, trading barbs and one team wins, the other team wins. I mean, not necessarily that you have to go 50-50, but man, it hasn't been overly competitive these last handful of times. So I just think the Broncos are not in any position to be, like you said, this rah-rah, you know, uh, the rivalry stuff, pumping. That's that's just a bunch of fluff to pump, right? And I think that Sean Payton was justified in kind of diminishing it and throwing it to the side. Well, there are a lot of different factors maybe to consider here. A new quarterback, it's no longer Derek Carr, but it is Jimmy G, a guy who has won. Josh Jacobs is going to be back. We'll hear Alex Singleton's thoughts on him a little bit later on here in the show. They have a talented team on paper, and Denver's going to have to find a way to do it. I do feel a little more comfortable with Sean Payton being the coach versus, hey, if Denver you know, took the Raiders to overtime and could have won that game with Nathaniel Hackett, I, I'm, I feel a little bit more comfortable now talking about it from the lens. Of, okay, hey, they have Sean Payton as their head coach. He's a true X factor. We'll dive deep into that a little bit later on this week. I'm sure that's something that you and your boy Q will talk about in a crossover Thursday episode here 
on Lockdown Broncos. Some other news to talk about as well for Jerry Judy, continuing to make progress, did some stuff on the side field, wasn't team stretch, obviously no jersey, no helmet, nothing like that. I, I truly believe that they're just building him up here. I, I would be shocked if he plays this week, but he is making good progress. I think that is something that is worth noting. And hey, Riley Moss made his return to practice for the Broncos. Well, after having core muscle surgery, Monday was his first day back at practice in a limited capacity participating individual drills. We'll talk a little bit more about Riley Moss on today's episode of the show. And Broncos country, you get to hear from Riley Moss in terms of what he was, had to say to us reporters inside the locker room following practice on Monday at the Centura Health Training Center. You're going to get that much more in today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Bird Dogs. And let me tell you about Bird Dogs, one of the most comfortable fabric attires that I've had. They've sent me countless items. They've sent me shorts. They've sent me joggers. And they've also sent me just stuff that I can wear around the house. Now, the fabric, it's comfortable. It's breathable. It's soft, and it keeps you cool, especially in this hot Colorado weather. Sarah, it's perfect for if you want to go and take the dog on a walk. It's perfect if you want to do squats, leg day in the gym every single day. It's perfect for even if you want to just wear it to bed. Leisure wear right there. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, which gives you a truly sculpted look for me. I, uh, it's like Quadzilla over here on this end here, Lockdown Broncos. Bird dog shorts do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit way better in regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, which Bird Dogs, they fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Movement is everything. They're functional for any occasion, whether it's golfing, a date night, or even an evening out, pool, workout, lounging, or you got to wear it to work. Bird Dogs is the go-to here. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Rookie cornerback Riley Moss was back out there, Cody, at practice on Monday, which is exciting for the Denver Broncos secondary. We've had a number of injuries in the secondary throughout the offseason, but an exciting development upcoming. And is he going to play a role week one? We're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss his comeback to the field. But before we do, got to give a huge shout out and mile high salute to every single one of you everydayers out there. If you listen to Locked On Broncos every single day, free and available anywhere that you get podcasts, we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you making us part of your day on your commute to work, on the treadmill, at the store, wherever and however you choose to do so. Or if you watch us for free on YouTube as well, we love getting to do this together. And we're so glad that you decide to participate, that you listen, that you take the time, that you invest and be part of the show the way that you do. So whether you just listen to the show, whether you comment on YouTube, whether you hit Cody and I up on Twitter, man, we can't wait to start up this regular season and get going on these 17 games because I think the Broncos, it could be much more exciting this year, Cody, than obviously the the tough season they had in 2022. Let's just call it that. But Riley Moss back on the practice field. There's a huge Iowa flavor on that on that Denver Broncos defense, right? You got Josie Jewell, you got his former teammate and now current teammate again, Ben Neiman. And you got Riley Moss in the secondary now. I, I love it, Cody. I love that he's coming back to the field. Kind of sounds like they've been maybe priming him to get ready for week one this whole time. Is that the vibe that you get, or do you kind of feel like he's just being eased back into the mix? I, I, to be honest with you, I think the general vibe is I do not think he's going to play this week. And then again, I could be surprised because Monday's practice was his first kind of practice back 
in the football capacity of things here for Riley. And obviously, like the recovery is very, very important. And heck, actually, Riley Moss told us following practice on what, you know, for him returning to injury, what it's looked like for him. Broncos country, here's what he had to say. Um, it's been about five weeks since, you know, I got hurt. So just taking it day by day and um, doing what they tell me. So this was kind of my first day back at practice. Um, so it was it was slow and, and, and you know, they're just kind of dipping my, my feet in and getting me rolling. So. So, Sarah, if he's dipping his toes and his feet into the mix here, it doesn't necessarily sound like that maybe sets him up to be ready for week one, but it's a long season. He will be back at some point. I think that's one thing that he talked about. He had a chance to talk to him. He said he just can't wait to let out some of the intensity that he wants to bring out and, and you know, some frustration he's had from not being able to practice due to having the surgery. And that it's tough as an athlete to go through that. I know exactly what that's like. And so now he's ready to be out there on the field. He's ready to hit somebody. He is, and I, I can't wait to see him do exactly that. But I think it's just as valuable, right, to get those mental reps. And it, it's something to where you're a rookie, you're out there, you're kind of having to learn and do on the fly. And that can be an intimidating process. But he did speak to that in your media scrum with him, Cody. He talked about getting those mental reps and just exactly how important that's been for him. Obviously not being able to physically participate, that, that had to take a little bit of a toll. How did you approach maybe the mental rep side of it from uh, the recovery being in the film room and things like that? Yeah, you know, it's it's a blessing in disguise. Obviously you don't want to get hurt, but, um, you know, you can kind of sit back and watch the guys and watch it from a different perspective. Um, and you get a lot of um, knowledge from that. And, and so I did a good job of doing that, um, you know, watching film, understanding the defense a little bit more. Um, which is nice because it's a little bit, you know, less pressure. You know, when you're hurt, you're off the field. You're able to actually, you know, kind of learn the stuff. So, And that that's a huge thing, Sarah. It's like the mental rep side of it is like, well, you're not out there getting the physical rep. You can, you're sitting in the meeting room. You're hearing exactly, you're, you're watching the play happen. You're hearing the coach talk about maybe what that player did or didn't do right or wrong, whatever it may be, but allows you to put yourself in the shoes there. But then there's a little bit of a difference, right? You can get all the mental reps, but you got to go out there and you got to get confidence back. And for him, not being able to physically do too much for the past five to six weeks, that's tough. And I know he's ready to get out there and go out there and you know make plays. You touch the football for the first time in practice, you know, when it's thrown his way. I'm excited to see things ramp up here for Riley Moss in the coming days, weeks. And I'm sure we'll get a little bit of an update as well from the Broncos and from Sean Payton. Maybe will he be able to play week one? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. I think from just talking with him in a sense and just maybe hearing him speak in the post-practice scrum there in the locker room, but Denver will rely on him at some point this season, whether it's on defense and also on special teams. So it, it will be nice to get him back at some point. Yeah, and we'll definitely see him on special teams right away. Now the question will be, what does his role look like defensively, barring injury? Does he get into some kind of rotation? Does he come out in the dime package? I'm sure as he's been out there taking those valuable mental reps that he's been studying multiple positions and that's not to say that, remember when he was coming out in the draft, the people are like, well, he's probably going to be a safety in the NFL. We talked all about that back in the back when he was drafted and why people are talking like that. But outside corner, nickel, dime defensive back, I think there's going to be plenty of places the Broncos can fit him in to the mix here in the secondary, especially with P.J. Locke being on short-term injured, injured reserve, especially with Kwan Williams being on short-term injured reserve. Cody, it feels like there's going to be ample opportunity for him to get involved in the secondary because, yes, he's saying Bassey expected to take those nickel reps. You've got Jaquan McMillan out there, Tremont Smith. We'll see what his role kind of looks like defensively. 
But I think Riley Moss, for the time being, he can plan on a pretty heavy dose of special teams where, like you said, you want to see him get his hands on the football. He, he was like a ball magnet at Iowa. It didn't matter if it was a fumble or if it was intercepting the ball. He was constantly around the ball and making plays. So I can just I can already I'm hoping and picturing in my head like Riley Moss, either forcing a fumble on punt coverage or recovering a fumble on punt coverage or kickoff coverage, whatever the case may be. The Broncos really heavily prioritized him in the 2023 NFL draft, right? They traded up, traded a future third round pick to get this guy. So you expect him to come in and play a significant role one way or the other, whatever that does end up looking like. You know, I think that we'll probably see a little bit more Riley Moss on defense. And I think we will see Tremont Smith, to be honest with you. I think Tremont Smith right now, just the vibe that I get here for Denver, obviously with them bringing Fabian Moreau back and elevating him to the 53-man roster is I think Tremont Smith is going to be an impact special teams player for them. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, you look at maybe where he was at defensively, he's another body if you need it, but he didn't necessarily have the strongest preseason from a coverage standpoint. How much of that was based off of just a vanilla scheme? But, you know, you're expected at corner to make plays and to come up and flash a little bit, I think we'll have a chance to see Riley Moss, considering his draft position, get more reps on defense if need be than we would maybe a Tremont Smith in this situation. So I think that is maybe something for us to follow, and I'm sure that throughout the week as we build up to maybe this week one matchup against the Raiders, maybe Tremont Smith could have a little bit of a different role according to our friend Zahn, the Oracle. We'll throw out a little theory on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos regarding that but good news for the Broncos is they do get Riley Moss back into the mix a little bit game status unclear for Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders could play could not play but he's making good progress coming back from that core muscle surgery and to me I think that's the biggest thing we have to make note of here because Denver's going to need contributions look when you're playing a team like the Las Vegas Raiders and I would even say maybe the commanders then the Miami Dolphins in three weeks from now Denver's going to face a lot of teams with a lot of good wide receivers, and you need as many personnel cover guys as possible. I'm sure it'll vary based on if a team is a strong running back like Josh Jacobs, something to certainly monitor here for the Denver Broncos. But, you know, hey, the Broncos defense, they're focused on this week against the Raiders. They're really focused on how do we slow down or limit a guy like Josh Jacobs. It's going to require everybody. And Broncos linebacker Alex Singleton is going to give us a little bit of insight into that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, you'll get that coming up here in just a moment. Real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's our good friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and they can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5, they will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Let me repeat that for all you out there that are listening. If you're an NFL fan and you're trying to figure out how you're going to watch games this upcoming year, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more, including this weekend's game against the Las Vegas Raiders, the Broncos opening up at home against an AFC West divisional opponent. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Changes in the air for the Denver Broncos. It's a new season. There's that smell in the air that, hey, you know what? Hopefully this year's a little bit different. But on top of that, there's also some new jerseys that certain players will be wearing. New numbers as Denver prepares for the week one kickoff against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, 2 
2.25 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, I believe, or 2.05. It's one or the other. I'll double-check, get that right for the next episode of the show here. But one thing hasn't changed. The Broncos' task at hand on Sunday is going to be to try to win the game. And how do you do that? Well, you have to find a way to overcome a boogeyman that's been impacting the Broncos in a negative way for several years. They've been unable to find a solution to stop Josh Jacobs, and you'll get all the action here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you get your podcast for free and also available on YouTube if you want to watch us. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you comment on the video for the algorithm, interact with other members of Broncos country, and share your thoughts. Keep the discussion civil and respectful. Uh, it was great catching up with Broncos inside linebacker Alex Singleton following Monday's practice at the Centura Health Training Center. I think the message that we got from him basically says, you know, the defense knows like, hey, we have a tough task on our hands this upcoming Sunday. Not only do they have a new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo in Josh McDaniel's offense, you have Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, as you talked about, and you also have Devontae Adams, but Josh Jacobs is back. And look, I think a lot of people were seeing it too. I, I see a lot of commentary on Twitter saying, oh, well, you know, Josh Jacobs hasn't been at training camp. I don't necessarily think that matters too much in this situation. And I don't think it really matters to Alex Singleton and the linebackers either. As a matter of fact, Singleton kind of joked that, hey, he didn't have to go to training camp, right? And here's what he had to say. I don't think he's going to be fresh for this game. I think he's going to be the most fresh. Uh, you know, when someone doesn't have to do camp, uh, it saves a little mileage on their legs. And, you know, he was in that offense last year, so he's going to, you know, know what he's doing. And, yeah, we're going to go out there and it's going to take 11 guys to beat him. And that's what we're going to have to do every play. Going to take 11 guys, Cody, and it always does. It feels like it takes all 11 guys defensively just to take Josh Jacobs down, and he's certainly one of those guys that, look, I mean, Sean Payton was asked a similar question about whether or not, like, they're game planning for him getting a full workload. Like, <laughs> of course, you you plan for that. Like, that's a, that's a no-brainer. He's the best player on their team other than Devontae Adams, and so, of course, you plan for – him being available, why would you not? You know, why, why would you plan for anything else? It's not like I don't even know who their backup running back is this year, Cody. I mean, the Raiders are always interchanging guys, but look, Josh Jacobs, the offense flows through him. It always has since he's been there and every time they play the Denver Broncos. So you should expect nothing less than for him to be getting the rock. And it's kind of just one of those things where they're going to ride that until the Broncos prove they can stop it. Well, I think as well, last year he led the NFL in yards after contact. I mean, he just, he's so good at keeping his feet moving. He's big, he's physical. One guy has him up, but then, you know, if there's slippage or the, you know, everybody doesn't wrap him up, he just runs through. And I mean, obviously, there's a reason he's the NFL's leading rusher. Last year, the Raiders were able to come up with a new kind of contract alteration for him this year. I wouldn't say an extension, not necessarily an extension, but just an alteration. So, hey, I think he's getting paid around 12 million this year. So he's like, you know what? I'll go back, I'll report. And his familiarity with the offense, I, I think it would be foolish for anybody to assume that while he's been holding out and, and maybe not reporting bef before the alteration happened, that he's not training. This is a dude who stays in ridiculous shape. I mean, you see how big he is. You see how, endur like how durable he is in terms of endurance and physicality. It would be asinine for anybody to say, oh, hey, Josh Jacobs, he's not really preparing for the season because he, maybe he's not going to play. No, nah, he's been preparing all along and going to give the Broncos a little bit of a challenge here and We'll see if they can find a way to slow him down. But I think one thing that Alex Singleton also talked about here, sir, that I find to be very important, he understands that, hey, you know, you're opening up week one against an AFC West division opponent, but it's also an AFC conference game. But you get to open up at home 
Alex Singleton understands how important this week is here for the Broncos. I wouldn't say any extra than we've already put on ourselves. We know what this means. I, it's an AFC West opponent. Everyone knows what our record's been against them. You know, obviously besides the Charger game last year that, you know, they didn't play their starters. So we know what we need to do. We know what we want to do. And to get where we want to go and where we where we know we can get to, we got to win this week. Got to win this week. Yeah, I got to correct him a little bit there, Cody. I mean, the Chargers did play their starters at the end of last. I mean, for most of the game, right? We have to three we quarters. Have to take some, yeah, we had to take some sort of W from the AFC West last year. Come on, Alex, <laughs> give us that one. But he's absolutely right. You know, I think it's it's one of those things where the pressure, ha- for the most part, can't be coming from whether or not this is a division rival, whether or not this is AFC West or even AFC, it has to come from within. Like you gotta, you gotta buy into your own vision. You've gotta be putting that pressure on yourselves because if you let those outside factors do it, well, you're always gonna be relying on outside pressure to motivate you, and that can't be the case. That these these guys gotta hold themselves to a new standard, and I think we're seeing that with Sean Payton now leading the charge. I would say that's maybe the more noticeable difference, the vibe I've gotten just talking to guys in the locker room. Hey, look, I got to go around and introduce myself to a couple of guys. Philip Dorsett, I'm excited to see maybe what he can bring to the table this year here for the Broncos, obviously being added a little bit late last week. And I mean, he even kind of talked to me a little bit about just, hey, the Raiders do have some young, talented players on the defensive side of the ball. And Denver's going to have their hands full. But here's the thing about week one, right? It's always a mystery. Last year doesn't matter. Two years ago doesn't matter. What they did two months ago doesn't necessarily matter. It's about... What do you do this week to get you ready for the moment? And the moment comes on Sunday when the ball kicks off and everything's between the lines at that point here. I'm excited for it, Sarah. It's going to be a, a big game here for the Broncos to open up the season. And there's going to be build up the entire way here in Broncos country. There's also some changes as well that maybe you're going to notice in Sunday's game on the uniform side of things, some notable changes. Marvin Mims no longer wearing number 83. He is now wearing number 19, the more more recent notable name to ever wear that was more than likely Eddie Royal in terms of like big mm-hmm. name contributing status. Maybe Marvin Mims can be the next Eddie Royal here. That, that'll be nice here. But I also felt it was interesting seeing him Patrick switch from 81 to number 12. He did. He went back to his college number from his Utah days, right? And that kind of kind of put the tinfoil hat on for that one, Cody, because it makes me wonder, like everybody's talking about Tim Patrick is this guaranteed cap casualty for 2024. You know, he's got all this. He's got like a 13 point something million cap hit, uh, $9.5 million salary. Broncos can save almost, I think, 12 or 13 million. I don't quote me on this. I, I don't have spot track or anything pulled up right now, but the Broncos can save a substantial amount on the salary cap. I believe it's close to 12 million by letting go of Tim Patrick next year. He's made 18.5 million guaranteed from the Broncos on this contract and has not played a single regular season snap since signing that deal, Cody, at least in the seasons that follow. He signed it at the end of the 2021 season, and he did finish out the 2021 season. But as far as 2022, 2023, hasn't played. So it kind of makes me wonder, is Tim Patrick kind of saying, look, out with the old, we're ditching 81, it's cursed now, we haven't worn it for two years, and next year, maybe he will take a reduced price, you know, reduced contract to come back to the Broncos Seems like he's very important to that locker room. Seems like the coaches love him. Front office loves him. Teammates love him. I think he, we could see him come back. He he made a lot of money in the 2022-2023 seasons already. I know $5.5 million guaranteed on his contract back in March. So he's already made a bunch of cash from the Broncos, but hasn't been able to play 
I could see Tim being the kind of guy that say like, let me do right by the contract that I signed and give you guys a year, maybe at a cheaper price. But I guess time will tell and we'll have to wait and see. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Tim restructures his deal. I mean, Tim wants to be in Denver. Denver wants him around. I mean, they viewed him as a very, very important piece to what they wanted to do this year. And unfortunately, something beyond both of their control happened. So I do think in a situation like that, there's a little bit more of a mutual control on both sides. We'll not be shocked if Tim is back next year under a restructured deal, which, hey, I think he wants to at this point. He views Denver as home. He's built a great relationship here in the building with coaches, with Sean Payton specifically, Something to keep an eye on there. But no changes for undrafted rookie for agent running back Jaleel McLaughlin. He says that he views it as it's it's special for him to wear number 38 because that's where he earned it. That's where he won his moment of being on an NFL roster. So he's embracing it. I love it. Have a lot of respect for that. Fabian Moreau will wear number 23. Tremont Smith will wear number one. And then punter Riley Dixon will wear number nine here. So some new changes here. No more 83, but we'll see maybe number 19 running downfield, get behind the Raiders' defense this upcoming Sunday. That's something that we hope to see for the Broncos. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in, sharing with us your Broncos thoughts, news analysis, and more tomorrow's episode. We'll do a little bit of a mailbag. We'll add some bits and pieces to maybe some more context as preparation begins. And also you can expect a crossover Thursday this week with Sarah Bettinger and your boy Q, host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast to preview the game. And then you'll get our keys to victory players to watch. You'll get that in Friday's episode as well. So a jam-packed week of Broncos country content and conversation here on Lockdown Broncos.